coming at you with a short bonus episode about an experience that happened to me a couple weeks ago. I have a surprise guest with me for the bonus episode today. Hey, and welcome to I'm Adopted, Now What? A podcast where we talk about all things race, culture, and identity, one chat at a time. This is for people who want to get real, get deep, and figure out, now what? I'm your host, Liza. Welcome to the podcast. Hey everyone, I am coming at you with a bonus episode. As I said earlier in the week, or maybe it's last week at this point. Um, Anyway, I said at some point on social media that I wanted you all to get to know me better. Uh, And so I'm coming at you with a short bonus episode about an experience that happened to me uh, a couple weeks ago. And if you've heard the most recent episode, then I think I might, might have mentioned it. Maybe not. Anyway, we'll get into it. But I have a surprise guest with me for the bonus episode today. Um, If you know me, then you probably know Andre. But if you don't, then I'm sitting here with Andre, who is not only my partner, but also was with me when the situation occurred. And we will talk about that in a moment. But yes, I'm sitting here with Andre, and he is going to help tell this story and give his own perspective. It also helps me kind of get my feelings out there to have an actual human sitting across from me uh, that I can talk to. So, hi Andre. Hi everyone. So a little bit of context about this story. I am a private chef, which inevitably requires me to put a little bit of trust in my clients who I don't know and I've never met that they're not going to be crazy. They're not going to kidnap me. And generally, being in the Northeast, being around Boston, a liberal safe haven, generally everyone has been incredibly nice. And just, it's been a wonderful experience these past six months or so, doing this full time. So I took, you know, just a swing on a job in the middle of Connecticut. I've never been to this part of Connecticut, about an hour and a half from where we live. Uh, And I guess it was quite an adventure. So the couple hired me, they're from around us, and it was their parents' house out in the middle of Connecticut, in the middle of the woods. And, well, it seemingly started as a fairly normal journey, first hour or so, until we got off the highway. And then, you know, we pull off basically into the woods, kind of picturesque a bit, but except for all the pickup trucks and a heavy dose of Trump 2020 flags. So many Trump flags, like from the election period before he won even, I feel like. Yeah, clearly these people just have not let go. And they, I'm sure these flags will hang all year this year and maybe even longer, maybe till 2024 when he tries running again. Like it was that kind of insular community we're riding through. But, you know, the I had talked to the, my clients on the phone. They seemed friendly enough. I was like, Okay, it's just their parents are just retired in the middle of the woods. They have some land that was probably cheap, and this is just where they live. So, start pulling into the driveway, and the first thing we see 
on their front porch, waving proudly is their own Trump 2020 flag. <laughs> yeah, like like right away, like you could see it from the end of the driveway. It was just waving gently in the breeze. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, me and Liza look at each other and we're like, okay, this is where we're at. You know, we parked the car. The woman who hired me is waiting at the door. Obviously very friendly, very welcoming. You know, all of that is just normal. Uh, we walk in a house. Uh, you know, it, it was a bit smaller than I had expected it to be, uh, to say the least. <laughs> I think walking into the house in general was kind of where we got the vibe that things might be less normal than we thought. Yeah, I mean, it was... The kitchen functioned, I will say, but I had never seen such a level of just clutter ever in my life in the kitchen. But also, very quickly, as we're setting the table, getting ready, getting organized, you just see a picture of the father. It was a, uh, a birthday party for the mother of a family. The father shaking hands with Trump probably sometime before the 2016 election. Uh, so very quickly just realize where the sentiment's at and just the vibe. They're just really proud to be Trump fans. Well, tell them about the bathroom. I, didn't, I did not feel comfortable going to the bathroom in this house. And so I didn't see it, but you told me when you came out of the bathroom, like when, you know, after the event was over, you were like, Liza, did you see what was in the bathroom? Like, <laughs> yeah, so this was near the end of the event. I had also felt less than comfortable going to the bathroom, but I was like, we have an hour and a half to go home. I should probably use the bathroom before we go because I don't know. I just needed to go. Smart travel sense, yeah. guys. <laughs> Always go to the bathroom when you can, I guess, unless they're crazy Trump fans, in which case don't do it. Yes, I, I did actually <laughs> end up regretting going to the bathroom, but directly outside of the bathroom. And I'm sure the rest of the house had plenty other paraphernalia like this, because we only saw three rooms of the house. Yeah. There was a front page of their local paper. I think it might have been like a Hartford Current or something similar. Just framed of when he won in 2016. Like they either saved it and got it framed themselves or bought it framed from Trump himself, like just framed, you know, like two feet high, just proudly displayed right outside, right outside the bathroom for all their guests to see. Like they weren't hiding anything. So the dinner itself went just fine. And like, wait, before we get to the dinner, when we got there, I feel like they were pressuring us to take our masks off. Oh yeah. I mean, this is also something that I almost expected uh, when we saw the Trump flags that, oh no, they're going to ask us to take our masks off, aren't yeah. they? So the, one of the first things, the first things the father says is, you know, everybody's comfortable here. You know, I want you guys to relax. You know, just, you can just take your masks off. It's no big deal. Don't worry yeah. about it. We're not, we don't have our masks on. You don't have to have it on. No big deal. You know, and we're already, like when I'm doing these jobs, I'm already putting myself in closer contact than most people do with other people outside my social circles. So right. we always wear masks, we always take precautions and it's been 99% of people respect that. So it just was very telling before the dinner even started that he basically let it be known that he'd rather we didn't wear the masks. Yeah, and he said it multiple times too. Like he said it right when we got there and then after we had like set up before the event, you know, air quotes like really started. And I was just like, in my mind, no, I'm not going to take my mask off, obviously. 
Yeah, I mean, he just... I feel like it's just a common thread in, in these people's minds. I'm just talking Trump people as a blanket. Because at this point, if you support Trump, I think they all have a very, like, hive mind. Like, yeah. all thinking the same things. Yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this and you are a Trump supporter, then, I don't know, maybe you want to, like, exit out of this episode. Mm. Otherwise, there's a lot of Trump bashing, which is not going to change, I don't think, on this show. So, you know, buckle in. Well, I mean, I'll say, I mean, there's plenty of things I can say about my feelings with Trump. I will say yeah. that at this point, if you have this Trump flag still hanging up, it is a symbol of hate. Like, yeah. There, it does, you can't cut it any other two ways. Like, he has made it known what he wants to be stood for, and you've done the same by flying that flag. And yeah. I, you can't cut it any other way. Definitely. And that is like a whole other conversation in and of itself about Trump. And this is not just a let's bash Trump party. So, you know, we can continue with the story. But you've been warned. Yeah, it's all part of the context. Yeah. Of the larger point of the story. Now that you have an idea of the situation that we're in, it's a four-course meal, birthday dinner, goes off without a hitch. Uh, You know, general, there's two brothers, father, the mother, one of the brother's wives, you know. Fairly normal conversation, although I personally like to have the vent hood mm-hmm. always going so I don't get so distracted by the talk at the dinner table because it's always quite interesting. I usually hear about it from Liza afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know, it, it, it was just generally a fairly normal dinner. and There was a slight bit of discomfort for sure and definitely wanted to just get out. Not to mention, there was some get out vibes if you've seen the movie. You'll know, yeah, you'll know. If you know, you know. <laughs> you know, you know. And so, we, you know, I, I thought for a long time, I was like, you know what? We're going to make it through this. Nothing bad is actually going to happen. Me and Liza are just going to be able to talk about it in the car. Uh, but then we close in on, you know, the, the ending of the dinner. And, you know, I, I always make it a point to talk to my clients, talk to my customers about the dinner feel any questions they might have about the food, talk about any techniques I might have. I believe at the dessert course, so there was at the very close to the end of the whole meal, like I've kind of let my guard down. I'm ready to just, you know, get out of there, job well done, laugh about it. Let's start talking about my business a little bit, which I had, you know, have recently started. And the father just basically straight out says, and had raised his volume and intonation to a higher level. Can I ask you a question, an honest question? How does your how's your business been faring with this goddamn China virus? Which I hear like just a couple feet away as I'm like finishing cleaning the kitchen. Yeah, I mean, I, I know he projected his voice to make sure that Liza heard it. Like yeah. no question in my mind. And when he says it, you know, my immediate reaction is to skip over it because it's not something I want to have a conversation about in a professional manner, in a professional setting at all. So I simply skip over it and answer his question and say, you know, business has actually been quite good. But also noticeable at the table is that his family, no one has a reaction. Just no one stood up to him. No one, you know, people seem to be so used to this language at this dinner table that they weren't surprised that he said it and yeah. seemingly were okay that he brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basic, we basically got the vibe that 
Like, if you grow up in a house like that, I mean, who knows how long that house has been that way. But if you grow up with parents who do those types of things and decorate their house with Trump all over your walls, chances are you probably are equally in support of Trump as they are, in which case you also probably refer to Corona as the China virus. Right. I mean, even if that wasn't the case, the fact that you felt comfortable bringing us to your parents' house, yeah. knowing full well what we would be walking into, yeah, that says a lot about your, your character. Yeah. I just don't, I don't understand I still that don't. logic whatsoever. Yeah, I still don't. It doesn't, like, we could have driven about 20 minutes away from where we live, and they could have invited their parents up and had a totally different experience. Yeah. And in a way, I'm glad that didn't happen. In a, in a weird way, because we, I wouldn't have been able to see like the true nature of these people. Yeah, well, that's something that I said to you when we were talking about this on the car ride home. Like, I was, I was very, I was upset because this. And if you, the audience, have been following along on the show, then you'll, you will know that this is sort of my first, like, firsthand experience with such blatant racism like that. Like I've, you've heard me say multiple times on the show, you know, I personally haven't experienced racism. So what did you, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so for me, it was, it was very jarring. It was startling. I, you know, as Andre just said, I thought we were going to get away basically scot-free. And then this thing happens right at the very end. And so we're in the car on the ride home and I'm processing and crying and we're talking about it. And one of the conclusions that I ultimately came to at the end of the drive was, you know, in some weird and twisted way, I'm glad this happened because now I have firsthand experience in what a lot of the guests on my show have talked about um, and what so many people of color have experienced throughout their life and I am just so fortunate to have only had this one encounter in my life so far. But yeah, like that was definitely something that we we came to the conclusion like at the end is that we were kind of in a weird way glad this happened to kind of I don't know, like what, like educate us or Yeah, I mean, I I guess on another angle also is like I am a white male. I, I am the root of so many problems my kind. And so it was my first experience as Liza's partner. Yeah. trying to react to that and I I honestly didn't know how to react to it and took me almost just as long to process my own feelings of what I should be saying as Liza and I mean Liza challenged me in the car because I, I didn't I was just kind of bumbling. I was just searching for words to really make it me understand that it was not something that really happened to me. It was something that happened to Liza. And in fact, because I am white, because I'm a white male, this family was very comfortable probably saying what they said to me. If I was Asian, if I was black, if I was Latino, they would have said all that stuff probably the second we walk out the door loudly and probably been a lot less kind to me or and us. Yeah. The fact that I was a white male made them feel comfortable being themselves yeah. even in the one candid moment. 
And I actually, I didn't think about this until just now, but I feel like the fact that you were white made my non-whiteness quote-unquote tolerable for them. Whereas if we had both been not white, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. It might have turned into a real get-out situation. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it's, it is really tough to think how often this happens to people on a daily basis. I mean, not just in other parts of the country. I'm sure from what I've heard from a lot of my friends and uh, over time that, you know, Boston and the area can get just as racist as just in your face as this, this guy and this family. And like, I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. It's just, I guess I've been insulated and generally surrounded myself with a lot of people of color throughout my life. So it's seeing it firsthand. I mean, I feel like I'm ignorant because, I mean, I am ignorant about many things, but also ignorant because I can't believe I went so long without seeing someone be directly racist to someone I knew for so long in my life. Yeah. And I think that, as Andre just said, we it's easy to kind of not feel like it's personal when you live in an insulated community, even if it's, I mean, even if it's the good kind, I guess, I'm like, you know, if you live in a progressive area or an open-minded area or an area where there are very few racists comparatively to other areas, I feel like we just both were kind of just like deer in headlights like, because it was so it new. Yeah. There it is. Like, like there is what everyone has been talking about for so long, like right in our faces. And I think for me, it was also, I mean, I, I know this for sure. It was the first time where I was somewhere and I felt like I wasn't wanted there solely based on how I looked. That was definitely a new experience for me. Andre, you said this to me in the car after, like, that level of uncomfortability that I was feeling was palpable to you. So I just wanted to tell this relatively short story as a little bonus episode so that you all can understand that all the stuff that I talk about on the show with other guests is stuff that I am living, you know, like right now in real time. And, you know, that's stuff that I want to share more with with all of you, with the listeners. Um, And I thought this was a great start because it just happened and Andre was there and I thought it was, you know, Andre, thank you for joining me and telling this story because, you know, not only are you my partner, but you're also, you are also a white male. And I think that white males with the kind of perspective that Andre has is very rare and you don't hear it as much as you should. Uh, so I hope you liked this bonus episode and there will definitely be more to come in the future. Hopefully not because there are lots more experiences like this to come in the future, but there is just always stuff to talk about. And I don't know, is there there anything, do you want to say anything else or? I think we've said all there is to say. I mean, there's plenty to say on the subject, but for our experience, we've said it all. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you uh, in just a couple days with our regularly scheduled programming. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of I'm Adopted, Now What? Hosted by me, Liza. If you liked what you heard, then please be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Leave a good review 
and share this episode with a friend. If there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on a later episode, DM me and tell me all about it. You can do that and find this podcast on Instagram and Facebook at imadopted.podcast. See you there. Thank you.